Hello and welcome to Only Human. Join us as we discuss topics of relationships, family, friends, and society in today's racially charged America as seen through the lenses of a married interracial couple. Hello, Pam. Hello, husband. I have a little quick story for you real quick. Oh, gosh. Is it a good story? It's a great story. You make it's me laugh. Gonna, so you're going to make me laugh? It's going to fit right into what we're going into today. <laughs> oh, gosh. So it's about the toxic masculinity about how men just can't get out of their own way. Yesterday, <laughs> I got up early, 5.30, went yes. to the gym. was by yeah. myself for most of the time. A couple guys started straggling in. Um, Masks, mask or maskless? Mm, well, I had mine. The I know, first you're two guys that came in didn't, and then the fourth one did. So okay. we were about 50%. Right. Which, there's a sign there that says you're supposed to, but... You know. But they just blow it off anyway. That's, that, you know, that's a topic for another show. We can definitely talk about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm when I go, I put my AirPods in, and I've got my phone, and I turn it on Spotify, and I mm. pick up. I'm either listening to a story or I listen to music or whatever. Mm -hmm. I go into a little zone. I really kind of zone other people out. I'm really not interested unless they get right up next to me. I'm not really caring what they're doing. That's how I was too. Yeah, because work like, out. Yeah, I'm there. For, I'm there for a reason. I'm, I'm not there to to socialize. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, what'd you say, beast mode? Yeah, 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 beast mode. <laughs> uh, but so I'm doing my own thing, and I noticed this guy came in. He's wearing like one of those skull caps, you know, stocking cap things, and he has a shirt with no sleeves on it, and which I thought was kind of funny with the skull cap, but you know, right? It was a style, I guess. But um, I noticed he'd come in, and he's doing his thing, and you know, sometimes you just get that feeling that somebody's just watching you. I hate that feeling. You know, you can feel it just, too. Just and you, you know, mm. and I just kind of looked over and I, and I saw the guy. He was looking at me, and then he looked away when I looked over. And I was thinking, well, what is he doing? You know, it's like I'm, I'm over here. This guy's like twenty, maybe early thirties. It's like I don't, I don't, you know, we don't know each other. What, what's he doing? Right. And you know, I, so I keep noticing that I'm over there doing my thing, and I'll look, and he'll be. Kind of look in look and look into. away. So, you know, I was like, well, I didn't know if he felt like he was threatened or if he was trying to show off. I don't know what his deal was. But, you know, he kept – then I started noticing that I think he it was kind of like the alpha dog thing. He was trying to be the alpha. Paparazzi, lights, camera, action. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to be the alpha. And, you know, so he he started strutting around. Like he was, you know, right. some kind of hot shot or whatever. And I just was like, whatever, man. You know, I'm just here to, to do my thing and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> you know, but yeah, he just kept, and, and, and that's not the first time that that's happened. It's been many times. And I think that, that guys have a real big problem with it. I'm not sure that, 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 Wait, women I do, mean, it's so annoying. Do. Why do they do that? Because, I mean, obviously, I haven't been to the gym in a long time. Right. I do my little workouts here, as you know, and I've right. got my yoga and I do all of that. But I remember that in the gym, and that would drive me nutty. Guys really wanting to be noticed. Where right. I'm like you when I go work out. I go in my shorts, my T-shirt, and it was like beast mode. That's how I, when I, growing up playing footy and soccer and we work out, that's what it was like right. for me. Like, you, Why do they do uh, that? You, know, you get guys that, that 
you know, there's mirrors all over the place, of course. Yes. So, so oh. guys are flexing, you know, checking out, oh, yeah, that's working, you know, and all this. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, you're not Mr. Universe. You're not re ready for a competition. But, you know. So think, this guy, it seemed like he really wanted you to notice him. I guess. And the fact that there was only four people in the gym and we were all guys, it wasn't like he was trying to impress a woman or something. So right. I, I think I guess he was it's trying alpha to, thing in it. Like, yeah. He was trying to be like, and the thing was. Was he bigger than you? No. He wasn't anything <laughs> impressive. He was just just a normal run of the mill guy. And you got to know my husband. He's six foot two, and he's like stacked, like he's wide. Yeah, he's built not that much, but he is. He's got his his forearms are like tree trunks. I think I describe you pretty damn well in my memoir. Like they're like tree trunks, and he has this chest that is like. Very um, wide and broad. But so he, but he's like a. Oh, no. He's been really mean. I told him my inspiration for our scenes in my book yesterday, which was Bolero, Ravel's Bolero. So that's why he's doing that. That's that's for another time, though. <laughs> okay, you're mean. So yeah, that was the. You know, the whole thing with that. So that kind of feeds into what we were wanting to talk about today. Uh, and that is uh, basically men that are reluctant to see doctors for whatever reason. And, and we have a reason for talking about this because I've had a recent episode where uh, I was supposed to have a colonoscopy done yeah for about the last three years every time i go for my yearly physical the doctor would say hey have you gone and done that yet no and he'd bring me a card here call this guy and get it set up so i finally did it and uh oh, but, but wait husband before you get into why you finally did it because i have a wife that, <laughs> that is persistent let's say I like the choice of words. Yeah. I really do like I that. nag. I said persistent. He, he said persistent. Yeah. But men will call it nagging, and it's not nagging. But obviously, what happened with poor Chad, I use that as my intro again. Right. And obviously, I we talked about I've had my own experiences over the last couple of years with health issues. Sure. And I literally just said, look, with what's happened with Chad and also come on now, I've been through the ringer as well. Like you can do this, right? Please go and get this done. Right. And I, and I got the appointment made, you know, it, I, for any of you that have not had this oh done, let me tell you, it, and I'd heard this, but you can take it as the gospel. It's the setup. It's the stuff you have to do before you do it is the worst. The it's just the prep work. You can't eat. You can't drink for hours. I think it was like Lord. 40 hours that I didn't get to eat. And this, and this man, and, when he hasn't filled that bloody uh, belly. I was not a happy camper. I, I mean, I get, I'm like hangry, right? You guys call it sure, here or whatever. Yeah. And I do, but my word, you are my twin flame because he matched mm -hmm. and beyond. I was Listen. not, and I, and I told you, I said, I am not going to be pleasant to be around. I know oh I'm not gosh. because I'm not going to eat. And I'm, but know. I think it filtered more. It was more a case of the fear of the unknown too. But sure. I think oh, the, yeah. not having a full belly, that didn't help that, the situation. That but I know that. Was, that was bad. You know, here's the thing. Okay, so you get this prescription. The doctor sends you this stuff and says, okay, here's what you need to do beforehand. You know, don't take any ibuprofen. No blood thinners. If you take uh, blood pressure medicine or heart medicine or any of that kind of stuff, you need to let your doctor know what you're doing so he can tell you when the very last time is you can take it to keep it up and bring it with you, which that doesn't 
applied to me. I don't take any medication. Yeah, you don't take it. But if you do, you have to bring it with you because as soon as you're brought back uh, conscious again, yeah, you woke up. They give you your medicine immediately because they know you haven't taken it for. Mm. For how hour, long? 12, mm-hmm. 16 hours, whatever it is. And and, and with blood pressure, obviously, you got to keep track of that. If you have mm-hmm. heart medication, you got to keep track of that, too. So, anyway, uh, they send you this thing. And one of the things they send you is this prep kit. And you go to the pharmacy and you get it. It's about the size of a lunchbox. So, you know, you have two cups that are sealed off, and there's six ounces of some kind of solution in it. I bet you're asking if he willingly went to go get that. Not necessarily, <laughs> but I kind of put it off to the last minute. But so his wife went to fill that prescription right. for it. Yeah, best believe. Well, because the thing is, if you don't do this yeah. and evacuate your your colon, then yeah. they can't do what they need to do. Yeah, it's blocked. Yeah, because the they camera have to, will go up. They there. have to stick a camera up your butt. So be impacted yeah. if there's exactly. feces up there. Exactly. So. You take this stuff, and it's funny because I'd listened to some comedians talk about having this done. I think it was uh, Craig Ferguson, a uh, Scottish uh, comedian, was talking about having it done. Mm. And he was saying, yeah, he was sitting at the kitchen table, and his daughter's like, Mommy, when's Daddy going to blow up? You know, because <laughs> he knew at some point. And, I, and I'd heard, you know, it's like you go, and it's just, you know, just you have no control. And, mm. and that's what it was. I took this medicine at like four and I had to take it again at nine I think that night or seven yeah. or whatever and he and literally blew straight off yeah and, and when I took it the first I was like no oh, there's nothing happening I'm fine and and so I waited it was two or three hours and then you take it again I was in the kitchen I took it walked down the hallway into our bedroom got ready to sit on the couch and watch tv and I was like oh and I went straight to the bathroom well, yep. what was funny about that, because I was in the kitchen with you, and I was preparing my coca right. stuff, and so, like, I walk in, and I was just, in ma- I was expecting to see you sat right there, and we're going to watch well, TV, and I was just like, I was like, well, where are you? And I was like, Bruce? Yeah. And of course, he's in my toilet, people. Yeah. You know, we're blessed in our house. Time. We have three bathrooms in this bloody house, and... Yes, he couldn't make it downstairs to his. <laughs> Mikey has his across from his room. Obviously, in our, our room, we have our bathroom there, but that's my throne. So he commandeered that well, because he couldn't have make me it. to try to get downstairs. It would have been a pretty Were Are you sight. sure you could have made uh, it? So anyway, so I spend like a half hour in there. And it's, Tearing it's, it up. it's terrible. So, you know, so then throughout the night, you know, I get up. You know, so the next morning comes and you have to go to the doctor and yeah, but yours uh, was in the morning. Mine was at two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, we had to be there at one thirty. We get there. I'm in a crappy mood. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. We get in there and I go to the bathroom because I feel like I'm going to get sick. And, yeah. you know, which is that's another one of the signs of this is that you take this medicine, it can make you nauseous. I think again, and, knowing you, it was a nerve wracking. It sure, was a nerve wracking experience, it, it and was. you were going to be. Put under yeah, and today, and you don't like that. And I don't like that, and probably most people don't like no. that. Uh, they use the what's that called? The uh, anesthesiologist. Yeah, well, what was that medicine? It's the stuff that that killed Michael Jackson. Propofol. Propofol. That's what they use. And I'm yeah, telling so you, he's got that, that in his head. It's good. I'm telling you, they they hooked me up in there, and the guy said, "Okay." He goes. Uh, he turned it on, and I could feel it going into the IV. And he goes, "Well, try to count. I don't think you're gonna get very far." And then mm. I woke up. That was how far I got. 
So anyway, we're getting ready for this thing. I go to the bathroom because I'm feeling sick. In the meantime, the nurse comes in. She's talking to Pam, and she's telling you what? About what? About how they were late. They were, oh, they that's were right. running late. And yeah, they were. Well, that's the thing with these appointments. They try to keep. Um, they try to keep on time, and manage the time appropriately and stuff. But yeah, the sad thing is what we realize is if they're late, that means they found something in other people, right. obviously, right. and so they have to they have to take it out. Right. And so while I was waiting for you to finish up with your procedure, you know, that's what we found out when they came back to get me. I mean, I was speaking with some women who her daughter was in England right now who's engaged to an English guy. So we were talking about that. And then the other lady who worked there, right. she was asking me how long I've been here and stuff. And then they came out and got me for saying that, you know, you're all right and stuff. And, you know, right. And, and, back you there. Know, the thing is that the people were, they were very professional. They were very kind, very nice, mm. very easy to talk to. They, they were know, they were very very nice. They know that it's not something anybody wants to do. I think whether you're a man or a woman, you don't want a camera shoved up your butt. It's just very it, now you don't feel it. You don't even know it happens because you're out cold. Mm -hmm. But just the thought of it is just like wow. The sad I, thing is some so well not even the sad thing is some it's up to some people. Some people like that though. I for me it was more for, my fear is not being able to wake up again yeah, or yeah. or because I've watched a documentary where. The people were under, but they could feel right. like what was going on. But right. they were so down deep, they right. couldn't verbalize well, it. Because in that case, they use Bloody a two-part. They use a, a sleep, so one that puts you to sleep, and then they use a paralytic, which mm. makes you where you can't move. So that if you're being surgery and you're being operated on, say, mm. like you're having a heart transplant, well, a tra heart transplant would be, but maybe you're having open heart surgery or whatever. They have to do a paralytic because... It keeps you from moving. Yeah, of course. You know, and so that, you know, if you're not, if it's not blocking the pain and you're conscious of it and you're still knowing it's happening, but yeah. you can't move and you can't tell them. And, and that's the yeah. thing, like, that would to me be like the that same as like that sleep horrible. paralysis right, thing right. that you go for, you know? Yeah. So, like, so, so back to what we're saying in this instance, yeah, it's not very pleasurable in this regard to have the camera inside right. up your bum bum split. Right. right. But, when, you know, they came and got me and I learned then, you know, it was a bloody good thing that Bruce got checked because they found the polyp. They found a polyp that ended up being non-cancerous. Thank God. And, you know, I found out they did a biopsy and they, you know, they called me a couple weeks later and said, yeah, it's nothing to worry about. We want to see you in five to seven years. We'll call you when it gets no, no, closer. No, 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 Five years. Well, that's what they told me. And they said they are going to contact me when it's time. I know. But you know you vibe your wife. You don't have to uh, worry about I, that. So, five years on the bloody dot, we're going to what, be contacting but them. they have this new thing that I didn't tell you about was they have a two-for-one special. So when I get <laughs> yeah. you and have yours done for free. <laughs> because I haven't gone for enough. But, well, you know what? When the time comes, as sucky as it's going to be, I'm going to do it. I've had a lot of gastro problems anyway with my IBS and stuff, so I want to make sure I get that checked I, out. I think it, most people, it's at 50 where they tell you they want to check it, unless you have you know, family history of calling cancer, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's really interesting that you bring that up because, yes, the age for having this checked is 50. Right. But... Just doing some general research about this topic in general, you know, we found out that African Americans are more likely to develop colon cancer than white Why Americans. Is that? Which, 
Well, there were a whole host of reasons. And before we get to that, like I wanted to ask you, because one the big one of the biggest ones, okay, institutional racism, that did come up a lot. Right. Obviously, there's factors with not having access to healthcare. Right. That was a that main would be one. A big one. That would be a big one. Um, socioeconomic status as well, and just lifestyle choices, like more tobacco, mm-hmm. obesity, um, not um, carrying out any physical activities. Would it be like alcohol and drug-related abuses and stuff like that? The or? study didn't specify, and it was by a Dr. Spiegel, um, and he's out of, um, in L.A. Okay. It's where they did, and it was 2015 where they did this research to find out that. They didn't specify, but that was the generalized thought of what, what came out. Right. But a big thing was cancer fatalism, and that basically is the notion that, well, if I'm going to die from cancer anyway... I'd rather not know what that is. Right. Right? Right. So my question to you as a man, right, why is it so difficult for guys to take that step and want to get checked? Because that's what came up a lot in this research. I'm talking there were men who had siblings who had it and they didn't want to have the colonoscopy. Right. They were like, no. Right. Well, I can tell you, me with the colonoscopy, it just was a, it, I think it was a fear of the, the, the vulnerability, the fact mm. that I'm going to be asleep and they're going to be shoving stuff up into me and it's an invasion of my, my person, mm. you know, mm. and, and the fact that I have no idea what they're doing because I'm sound out, right. you know. I mean, I'm sure they're professionals and they're not, it's like they're going to sit back, ha, 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 look at this, you know, but you know, that thought does cross your mind. Like, well, what if they see something funny and they're like, Hey, have you ever seen one of these show? You know, well, right. Right. You know, uh, I had to, to hope that they were professional enough that they wouldn't do stuff like that. But it, there is that fear of just like, look, I have no control over this. And, and I will uh-huh, say that, that's it. that I with, get that with, the colonoscopy, it's it's you are totally out. You have no idea what's going on, and you don't know till you wake up. Mm. Now, that was a big problem for me. Uh, but but what what's weird is is when and other things, I've been much more uh, it, it, you know effective of making sure I get taken care of, getting screened, and getting looked at. Mm. I have a history of prostate cancer in my family. My dad had his prostate removed. My grandpa, my paternal grandfather died of it. His brother died of it. And I was in my 30s when I found that out. And I went to my family doctor and was like, hey, I just found this out. But that's the thing. Why were you so much more proactive? Which is great because my, my dad had that as well. That right. was one of the things that we talked about when and, we first started dating. And that's something dating. that Mike, you will have to look into when he Absolutely. Gets Absolutely. You know? Freaked my brother out. Right. He went straight to, exactly. you know what I mean? So right. with that for you then. Why were you so willing to take that step as opposed to this colonoscopy, though? Because, you know, it, even though they say it's 50, we're seeing a lot more cases where people are dying. They, they're actually becoming diagnosed at like 39, 38, 39 and dying because it, at that point, it's so far advanced. Right. It's at stage four of 39. So then that means, whoa. A few years before is when they actually had it, right. way before the screening. Well, that's like the, 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 the Black Panther actor. Yeah, Chad, Chad, Chad Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Boseman, he, he was young. Yeah. And, I mean, he died of it 
uh, from stage four colon cancer here just this year. And Craig uh, Melvin's brother, Lawrence, something okay. from the Today Show, I think. Okay. His I brother, mean, 43. Well, right. So He died of that. You know, I think that there are, there are probably things that you can, like warning signs, but there again, men are more apt to, you know, have these warning signs and to just be like, God, just ignore it. I'm going to get okay on my own. I'll get better. Do you think you society know? plays into that? Society well, think, sure. Because stigma? from a young age, boys are told big boys don't cry. Mm. Uh, there's this hypersensitive, just manly, masculine society. You know, you're, you know, if uh, something bothers you, you tell, ah, get over it. You're going to be okay. If you fall down and you get a scrape, I'll just rub some dirt in it, get up, and keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in athletes. You I, I, I was going to say, even I was raised a little bit that way. Right. That was what was mirrored to me from, from my mom, especially. But just that African strong woman sure. mentality, it, it's, it's helped me. But I've also seen where that's a hindrance for me too, because it is a little bit of a struggle for me to be as tender as you. And that's the irony of what our therapist said is that we, we're so meant to be together because the things that are supposed to make us stronger is what the other one's strongest at. Like your tenderness, mm. I need to be more tender and my fire, you need more of that. Right. You know, yeah. and, and so that's, you know, that's, and I was a huge tomboy growing up. You know, that's <laughs> I mean, I strange know. in its, in itself, of course. But you know, the, the thing that they, you know, that I know from myself and that I know from a lot of guys and, you know, I've, I've looked at some of the numbers too, mm-hmm. you know, a large percentage of men, what they ignore the war- early warning signs, whether it's a prostate or whether it's skin cancer or, a heart problem. I mean, I read a story. There was an EMT that said that he's had men who refuse to get in an ambulance when they're in the middle of an active heart attack. They don't want to go to the hospital. They, well, but so obviously I think fear is driving that because you, my belief is you, people make decisions out of two broad emotions and any other emotion spokes off that fear and love. But what, like, could it be then, like I said, what I found out about this, fatalism this fault that if i'm going to die from it anyway or they just don't want to know like well i think it can be a combination of a lot of things one of them is the fear of vulnerability men do not like to be vulnerable whether it's sitting down and talking to our wives about our feelings Mm. and i'm guilty of that whether it's going to our doctor and sitting down if she didn't tell her wife about her feelings either (laughs) um yeah, you know, whether it's going to the doctor and sitting down and saying, "Hey, doc, you know, I'm not feeling right. I think something might be wrong." It's you're putting your life out there in someone else's hands, and that's just that vulnerable feeling is a horrible feeling for a guy. I, I know it is for me, and you know that whole thing with that what would you call it, cancer fatalism fatalism mm. you know we've had this discussion before and i've been like you know i don't want to be one of those guys that i, I yeah that, i know you know if if you've got stage four cancer there's nothing left that can be done they can't operate it on it they there's no hope prognosis we just give you a bunch of medicine and it'll keep you alive for a little longer but you're going to be in extreme pain and you're not going to be able to get up and walk around you're not going to be able to be yourself that's what happened with my, with my paternal grandfather when he had prostate cancer. It got to the point where it had eaten his bones. He had went to his brain. He forgot everybody. 
at the end, he he, he went from being is, this, it's a nasty disease. He went from being really. this very strong man that went hunting and fishing and tromping through the woods and doing all this stuff to not being able to get off the couch the last time I saw him without help. So basically, you it's the the actual the treatment you don't like then. Well, that's and, the, and what it does to you. I think that uh, you know most of the treatments that they use for cancer are just poison. And they kill the good and the bad together. And you see so many people that go through those treatments and, and how horrible. But you see, this is what's really interesting with you saying that. And thank you for your honesty, like truly. Because even when I just had my lymphoma scare right. in August, and I remember having this conversation and even speaking to you about it when we were going over treatment options, like for me and like my framework, I I saw the seven steps immediately, what I was doing. Right. And the third being survival is like going into action. And I started looking, what are my treatment options? I didn't necessarily want to have chemo, but what else is there? And of course, now I'm drawing a blank. There were other options. Radiation was one, and then it was something else. There was a tablet, but it wasn't chemo right. orientated. But you expected me to fight which I would, and I'm not saying you're not fighting. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. I know for you, because of what you've witnessed in your life, you don't want necessarily to see deterioration like that, I guess, right. with, with the body and what happens with the chemotherapy. Right. But you expected me to be like, take that and stuff. I mean, I, I, well, and I know that. I think that... that Do you not think that's a little bit selfish, it though? It is, but if you were being told... Hey, if you do this, there's a chance we're going to be able to get you out of this. You're going to be able to walk away yeah. from this cancer free. I'm good, of course. But there are so many times you hear about this all the time, mm. and 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 I saw it in person, you know, and and and, and you did too. With, yeah, with your grandmother. I remember my and know? I and I. That's one of the things I do remember. This strong, independent African woman, and she was like, you know, she wasn't obese by standards here but you know she was a heavy set but she wasn't you know really she was healthy she was yeah, yeah. she was healthy exactly right. and she lost so much weight she had stomach cancer right which they first thought it was an ulcer and then it wasn't she lost so much weight her skin was hanging off and that was a sad sight for me to see because it was just like my gosh you know to see her whittle down to that but still Bruce I I would still do it because of you, Mikey, Alex, my family, sure. friends, my sister friends, the people that love me. And, and I mean? would do it to a certain extent. But I think when it comes to the point where they are like, look, mm. it's uncurable. We're not going to be able to beat this. We can do this chemotherapy or this radiation treatment, and it, it might help you last another two months. It might not. You know, then at that point, is it really worth it? You know, I mean, I knew a guy who had a brain tumor, went through all the treatments. Oh, I remember him. He did the radiation treatment, and they ended up killing his pituitary gland in his brain doing the radiation treatment. And all his organs shut down, and he shriveled Was that up. the mechanic guy? This yeah, is when we, like, just, first started yeah, dating. Yeah, and, and he was a friend of mine. Nine years ago. guy, and, and uh, you know, he just whittled away. To nothing, you know, just like you see all these other guys and women that, that happen to. So, you know. And so do you think that's what stopped, that's one of the big things that stopped I think that's from a going huge thing is what happens with men, especially because we like to think of ourselves as like 
you know, a superhero, like we're Superman, you know, we're bulletproof. We think about that when we're kids, when we're teenagers, we think nothing's going to stop us. And I think it follows into adulthood. We don't, we don't live our everyday life like daredevils like we do when we're younger. We're not jumping our bikes off of ramps and we're not doing crazy stunts, but we still, I think, try to, we think of ourselves as we're bulletproof. We're, we're going to get through this and we're going to get better and we're going to go back and do what we always do. You know, uh, I think a lot of, of our society, especially in this country, push a lot towards men of, you know, you're the breadwinner, you're the, 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 providers, you're the, the provider, the protector, and you can't do that when you're lying on your back in a bed. You can't protect anybody. You can't provide for anything. You're you're soaking up resources at this point. You're taking money from your family that they need to survive and to live. Oh, I think I see what you're saying. So yeah. is it like more of an element of the guy doesn't want to be seen as somebody who is not providing for their family? Yeah, yeah I think is it's that, I think it's a really backwards, ancient, you know. So in order to provide, he needs to stay fit and healthy. Right, but but that's but by not going right by not I mean? going to the doctor. What happens is is a lot of guys, and, and I'm guilty of it too. I had that thing on my face, wherever it was, this on side, the other that side, side it's healed. Um, you had you, you said you had precancerous. Right, it was precancerous. And I'm glad you finally uh, got it checked because yeah. I wasn't nagging. Well, I, but I was putting and, it out there. Hey, and, please uh, get this checked. There again, when I went to my yearly physical in August, I asked my doctor about it and he looked at it with a light and a magnifying. He goes, you know, I don't think there's anything to it. He goes, but you probably should go see a dermatologist. So I made Thank an God appointment you did. and I did it the same week that I had my colonoscopy um, and went and did that. And he used a uh, nitrous, uh, oh, what do they call it? The, it's the gas, the, the, that's he real basically cold, throws it off, and he right? throws it off. Nitri- nitri- not nitrous oxide. Oh, I think it was. Nitrous, maybe. Uh, and, and he sprayed it out of a can. And he kept spraying it, spraying it, spraying it. And it just froze it and burned it off. And it fell off in a few days. It just scabbed over. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you don't need to come back. It's going to scab up. It'll fall off. You won't even know what happened. But he did tell me, you know, you might want to come, uh, you know, in Each a, year. In the next year or whatever. Because it was And have... Uh, Basically, you take your shirt off and they look at your skin, your arms. Because I do, I'm outside a lot and I have been the majority of my life, you know, whether it's a kid or whatever. And then as working, I'm always outside and my arms are exposed, my face, my neck. I try to put lotion, you know, sunblock and wear hats and stuff like that because I don't have any hair. I don't want to get, he did look at the top of my head. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, everything's okay there. Um, you know, so that is another thing. You know, guys can find, they'll see that thing that's growing on their arm and be like, eh, I, don't, I think I'm going to be okay. You know. And, and then melanoma sets in. It's, it, it's, a, it's a root cancer. It goes deep in. inside. And by the time you finally decide to do something about it, it's at stage four. And, you know, it's not treatable anymore. So I think a lot of guys do that. You, you know, I think... One of my uncles, I think, he passed away, my, my, my mom's brother. We think maybe he may have had prostate cancer, but it was never determined. Right. Because there was a series of questions he was asking, you know, my dad, because my dad had it. Right. And it made us think, maybe was there something there? And he just straight up, he didn't go. Well, in he the just, African he culture. He, he didn't, he didn't uh, go. So doctor, he wouldn't go. Where your family is from, from... Uh, Ghana, Ghana and Nigeria. And Nigeria, 
is that kind of a mindset with the men there too? I, I think it's a yeah a, a guy thing. You know, guys are like that. They just I, I think they it they crosses boundaries it, and races and everything. Boundaries, race, everything. It crosses. I think there's just something ingrained in guys, and I'm sure society does not help that they there's just a fear there too. They don't want to go checked out. Like women handle these things differently than guys do. You know what I mean? Do you think that it's got something to do with women or 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 uh more used to talking about their problems, like with their girlfriends or a mom or an aunt or whatever, that they're more open with that issues that they may be having. And they'll talk to somebody and be like, hey, have you ever had this happen and get their opinion and be like, oh, I need to go see a doctor. For I, I think that's something to do with it. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, women are more likely to discuss issues that they have that come up right. and have especially if you have a sister friend or someone close that you, you know, you talk back and forth about whatever's going on. But I also think too, we're used to going to the doctor for, I mean, we go for yearly checkups like you guys do, but I have my yearly OB appointment that I go to. Right. We, I think women are used to having more invasive, invasive things done. Maybe it's my theory. I don't know for sure, but so maybe that's why we're more likely to go and have something checked that, you know, we've seen that may be a problem. Well, I know that like for you this year, you've had a lot of things that have happened and you've got to the point where you're just like, I don't want to go to another doctor appointment. I don't want to go see these people. I don't want to look at me. It's been I, over two years though. Cause, right, cause it, right. it seemed like every time I bloody well go, there was something, but you went and you got yourself looked at and had, and, and for me, I've let this colonoscopy thing. I'm 53. When I hit 50, my doctor gave me a card and said, it's time to go have this yeah. done. And I remember him talking to me about it. And I was like, man, doc, I don't want to go do it. He goes, look, it's not a big deal. He goes, the prep is, is not much to fun. He goes, but after it's done, he goes, I, I went golfing afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? I can play golf after I do this? And he said, yeah. And I go, well, that's great because I don't know how to play now. <laughs> he, <said> he. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, funny, funny. But, you know, the, even knowing that. Having my doctor, somebody who I've known for a couple of decades, tell me, look, it's not that big of a deal. You really need to have it done. There was still that part of me that was like, I'm not doing this. But And that's the irony. You went and had it done. Both. Of, that's why I think it's so interesting. Like Both of procedures for the dermatologist and going to have um, your colonoscopy done, they found something. Right. Like you had precancerous cells for the skin. My face. Yeah. yeah and they found a polyp. You know what I mean? Right. And thank God, obviously, it wasn't cancerous. Right. And, but, and, but I didn't know it was there. Right. You don't, you don't you know they're there. You can't see them. You can't feel them. They're just a muscle growth in God, the I shudder to think what I have up there, I'm telling you. your colon. So, you know, you they go and they look and they can see it. He showed a picture. Hey, mm, this is where it was. Because we just cauterized it. it. We cut it out, cauterized it. No problem. You may notice maybe you might have a little bleeding. I never did. I never noticed anything. Uh, they did a good job of sealing it off. It didn't bleed. I never had any pain. I never felt See, that's it. the thing. Sometimes I do. And there was a, even a time recently where that happened. I wiped and that happened. Well, and I distinctively remember thinking, oh, the thing I'm not flipping. I read about this colon stuff because of that. Specific, mm. And if it's bright red blood, that's not anything you need to worry about. Oh, if okay, it's dark good. blood okay. or if your stool is black. That's a, okay. that's a sign that okay, there's something that's, wrong. Okay, okay, well, that's yeah. it, okay. Uh, I think a lot of times, 
you know, we have uh, constipation. Mm. Stool is harder than usually. It tears the rectal area, uh, you know, and or you may even have a hemorrhoid that you don't know about. Right. And those do bleed, you know. So, oh, go on. you know, but that's that's stuff that, you know, they have that that thing that they sent me, the packet, you know, stuff you could read about and be like, oh, okay. So if it's, you know, you're, you're okay with that. So. Well, I wanted to ask you this because I found out as well, in addition to the other issues that stop pe- people and men, men right. from coming forward and having these procedures is that the research found that doctors are less likely to recommend African-American men and women for screening for the colonoscopy. And they couldn't figure out why. Like, what is that? And in the research, I mean, because they found out too that African-Americans are less likely, or if you're a person of color, less likely to have transplants as well. So something is off. You do know what I mean? think it has something to do with uh, medical insurance? Well, funny that you should ask that question because the research from this Dr. Spiel said they went to the VA, Veterans Affairs, because right. they know typically you're covered then. Right. And they still found discrepancies with African-American men within the VA that they were less likely to get screened. I think the percentage was like 52 or something. And we'll have this stuff in our notes so that, you know, have it, make sure we have the right facts on there. As opposed to it was over 60 or 70% for if you're a white male, that they have the screening done. And that's when you're even covered. So something's off. You know I'm what I mean? Wondering, yeah, because there, there's been other studies done of like when uh, – Black women are in childbirth yeah, that yeah. they aren't offered uh, pain medication as often as white women are because there's this misconception that they can black women pain. don't feel the pain. Yeah. And that's a total... And they're un- un- more likely to die right. through complications That's a, that's a totally stuff. racial bias thing. You're, you're They're lumping an entire group of women to mm. older black women, they don't feel pain like white women do. Hmm. Well, maybe they're just better at hiding it. Maybe they're, they're better at coping with it. I don't know. But, but we I, all feel pain. I th- <laughs> Yeah, sure. And I think it's, I think it all comes down to a racial bias thing. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, even it's not an overt racist type thing, but it's, it's in the back of a mind. Oh, we don't need to mess with this. It's not going to be a problem for this person. So, but so how do you, how would you counteract that? Because I mean, I would think that I would counteract it is that we all bleed red. Right. Yeah. We all have the same biology. We all are susceptible to pain and to, we're susceptible to sickness and viruses and bacteria. We all can have heart disease, uh, blood pressure issues, liver problems, kidneys, all that stuff. But you know, for me as well, what I picked up on because you, even though, yes, you did have your screening from a doctor, 50, your doctor was like, here, right, here you right. go. We were proactive in the end. And I think if a person is just proactive, if you have the means, obviously that helps a lot too, if you're covered by insurance, right. but if you haven't, and there's still a way, I think that overcoming that fear is actually moving towards it, isn't it? And saying, hey, I need to have a check done. Right. You know, 
Because it is important because you guess what? You never know what you can find, right? Right. If you, I mean, I know of a person who went in for a colonoscopy, a man, and didn't know he had any issues, just went in for his screening and never had one done. He, they put him under, they immediately woke him back up and were like, we found stuff we need to get. It's, it's advanced. We need to get on it now. Wow. I mean, it was that quick. Just wake him up. We found stuff. We need to, we need to put a plan in order right now. And he survived it, you know, but it, if he hadn't gone in for it, I'm sure it would have taken him eventually, you know, uh, and that's what happens to a lot of people, whether it's, it's through even cancers, heart problems, a lot of people ignore, hmm. you know, if they feel that pain in their, in their arm or in their neck, uh, you know, this, the warning signs of a stroke. You know, people will have these really bad, intense headaches for days and not do anything about it. It's going to go away. It's just a headache. My arms hurt and I must have pulled a muscle. Yeah. Things like that. That, it, And I think part of it for men is also they don't want to seem like they're wimps. It's mm. like, oh, shit, my arms hurt. I'm going to go to the doctor. Hey, doc, my arm hurts. He's going to say, well, quit moving your arm. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Go back to work. That See, kind and of that's thing. the sad thing. So that's a misconception. Like. You know, I can see how guys can think that way, and even some women, you know what right. I mean? But at the end of the day, it's like the end goal is wanting to stay alive, isn't right. it? And right. I think I, I think that's the thing that, that men especially have to get through their brains. And I, it's just like me, I, and I know I have this stick up, <laughs> is that you're not a wuss because you went to the doctor. No, it's you strength. Know, if you're hurting, go to the doctor. Yeah. If you feel like you look, no one knows your body as good as you do. Yeah, exactly. If you see a spot on your skin that wasn't there before. If you notice a lump somewhere that wasn't there before, if you feel like your insides just don't feel right, or man, I'm really fatigued. I think people know. Yeah, sure. They in it. But people will ignore it. Yeah. And it's going to get better. I'll be all right. The ego takes over then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it definitely is a, it's, I'm going to be okay. I'll, my body will fix this. I'm going to be fine. So what is your message to men having gone through this experience now and having found stuff that, thank God, they found it? Right. Could have led to something, but we nipped it in the bud. Right. And it's not going to lead to anything. Exactly. Right. It's not. Right. Exactly. Right. So my point is, what is your take on it and how are you going to leave off with a message for guys? My message would be this. Get over yourself. Look, we're we're just a person. We're only human, right? Right. We bleed. We get sick. We need to get fixed. We can't fix everything ourselves. I know because I want to be that person. We talk about this all the time, you and I, Pam. Yeah. I'm always wanting to fix things, whether it's... We've had an argument. He won't leave me my space and he's coming, coming, trying to fix it. And and, and that's in every facet of my life. And I know a lot of you guys out there do the same thing. Look... If you have colon cancer, you cannot fix it. If you have uh, prostate cancer, you you cannot fix it yourself. You can't fix skin cancer. You can't fix heart disease. If you feel like something's off, make an appointment. Mm. Go see a doctor. The worst that can happen is your doctor looks at it and goes, oh, it's no big deal. It's, you know, this happens all the time. It's this, but we'll take care of it. Like when I went with for my face and they looked at that thing and he goes you know what it's overexposure to the sun it's no cancer in it you're fine don't worry about it 
But if you see any more of them, you need to come in. And I think the other thing is you just got to believe that you're stronger than you know. You can, the human spirit is very, very strong. There's always that fear Mm. that something's wrong. I don't want to go because if I go to the doctor and they tell me, yeah, this is wrong, I may miss work for three or four months. I won't be able to take care of my bills and take care of my family. Look, three or four months is better than being dead. Right. It's exactly what was going through my head. Because dead is permanent. There's no comeback from that. You're dead. You're dead. So get out there. If you see something, take care of it. Go to the doctor. Don't be afraid. I think, husband, that is magnificent advice for all you men out there and women too. Yeah. Certain things. Because there are some women that have the same issues. Mm -hmm. So... Take care of yourself. Now, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Bruce underscore A. Williams, and Pam is at Pamela 7 Williams. Yes, I most certainly am. And also, if you're wanting, I'm, as a go-getter coach, I help you um, find your talents and any passions that you have. I've been working with a few clients. I'm really excited um, that my practice is starting to, you know, find its feet so if you're wanting coaching services you can find me also on twitter like bruce said but and instagram but my website is sevenheartscenteredwellness.com and i'll leave that information in there for you as well new year's coming new start new you let's focus on the goals and the things that you want to achieve so your your information has your youtube channel and all that on it too yes so you can see her pretty face and you can see her go oh i didn't see you there (laughs) that was on instagram that (laughs) one (laughs) this podcast is supported by us but we'd love to get your support to subscribe give us a review and help us bring our message to humanity see you later have a wonderful week Bye, bye guys